Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. And you might hear... You might be able to hear, <laughs> picking up on the mic, uh, about 20 trolls on the corner here trolls. in North Hollywood screaming, black and white lives matter. It's a, There's a yes. Trump rally happening right there is. outside of our studio. There's a Trump rally happening right outside of the studio. And as I was driving here today, um, of, of course, the initial reaction is you see massive flags. And then the second reaction is like, oh, God, they're so annoying. But then my third reaction is they have the right to be there, don't they? Of course. They? they have the right to, to love their candidate if they want to. And, of course, we have the right not but, to love them but they or to love him. But, uh, my God, they are very loud, aren't they? They're loud. And they're, but there's not many. Of them. There's not many of them, but I think I found all of them yesterday on my. I drove to Santa Barbara, beautiful uh-huh. Santa Barbara. Yes. Uh, and on the way, I sent you a picture of this. Yes. There's a little protest on a on an overpass, and uh, the one of the signs was Biden laptop matters. Biden's laptop matters. Of course, a play on BLM. Think they might be missing the point. Dare I say that's sort of insane. Oh no, it's completely insane. There was another sign that says Jesus is my savior and Trump is my president. Well, and I don't know the virgin. I don't know how the mind is virgin. The Jesus like, thing is like, whatever. It's so passe. Yes. We get it. You're like insane Jesus freaks. But the Biden laptop matter one was like so weird to see because Honestly, th- what they're referring to is a story that has been like not accepted into mainstream news. Okay. Because it is a complete horseshit story. It's a total fabrication. Travis is going to get into this Biden laptop story uh, here in a second. I think it relates to Hunter Biden. Um, but a little bit later on in this episode, most of this episode will be an interview that I do with Devram Stiefler and Jason Selvig. They are the good liars. They have a new movie coming out this October 27th. That is this Tuesday, October 27th. This Tuesday, it is called The Supporters. They play Trump supporters. They go undercover. And it is absolutely fascinating. Fascinating. A great conversation. Should be, so I'm, be sure. I'm excited you stick about around for this that. movie. It's like uh, the Borat stuff has like made re-energize yes. my belief in the power of comedy. Absolutely. So I'm like actually looking forward to this to this movie that's coming out. But before we get to that, uh, Travis wants to discuss and and enlighten me on what the hell is going on with the no. I guess the October surprise. Yeah, for well, it's the Trump's right version wing? of an October okay. surprise. When I mean. Uh, the October surprise really was Trump getting COVID, but I thought that I, would I be like a surprise. I don't, I don't think you could top that. But um, the the story is strange because I don't think anyone really know. No, no one outside of the right really knows what this is about. All right, and so, so to see it on a sign in a protest, I'm like. Okay, so they're, they're clearly receiving messaging that I'm not. This reminds me of Hillary's emails. Of course, that was said at nauseum. We talked about that. I was actually listening to Patriot Radio on Sirius XM. Wow. Sean Hannity is still talking about it, but now he's transitioned into Joe Biden's 
laptop. Well, it's, what was on so it's, Biden's laptop? So it's, it's actually Hunter Biden's it's laptop. Hunter's. Now, this was, okay. a, this was a New York Post story that came out on October 14th. And you may not have heard about it because Twitter took the initiative and said, this is a completely like horseshit story. So we're not going to actually allow you to link to the story on Twitter. Okay. And now, then, I, now I want, I do want to say this when it comes to that, Travis, I was like, how the hell did Twitter do that? And Travis being the young sage that he is, he told me that you could not link as in, you could not copy and paste the link to Twitter. You yeah. I think that is bullshit to be, to be honest, Twitter is Donald Trump is tweeting constantly. Like the idea that Twitter is like, this is where we're standing our right. ground. It's like, you let this madman and his followers troll the entire world 24 seven. But the New York post story is where yeah, you said that, that's is, that is a strange like delineation <laughs> because why not just deactivate his, the source of all of this lie? Like right. just deactivate his account. Then. And, if, the, and the problem is the story got more press because Twitter said, no, you can't share exactly. it. Then the whole story was like censorship and that was all the, of this. And cat, it's like, Oh my God. 22 of that yes. yeah you it, 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 i mean winner either way the story was going to get out into uh into crazy and hands. now the story has the uh persecution complex yeah. attached to well, it as then, well and then facebook also made a similar decision but they didn't uh, go so far as to not allow you to link to it they demoted it so they basically took it off the the priority burner of the algorithm on facebook but it was still there they just sort of and it makes you the idea of like demoting yeah. a story too. Also, is like, oh right, you're all just you're all just like playing the slot machine of attention of of eyeballs. Well, it's interesting that you say demoting, right? Because then obviously the inverse of that is promoting. Yes. And so this is the big issue that we're having with big tech right now. What are they promoting? What are they demoting? Yeah. Why are and you choosing to do any of that? Exactly. It, but uh, that's, and that that's bipartisan as far as I'm concerned. I do think it's weird that Twitter was like, this is the one link you can't share. Just. If you want to have a forum of discussion, it really does. I mean, this is just such a stupid well, one for them to to pick and choose. But anyway, go on. Well, they they shot themselves in the foot exactly. ultimately. That's because the problem. As soon as they made these decisions to block the story, Twitter ultimately backed off that decision and allowed people to link to it because once it became a an alternate, like an alt uh, parallel universe story. Uh, to the to conservatives, they said, "Okay, well now it's a part of public matter that the story is not being released." And now it must be true it- because Twitter doesn't <laughs> want it to be because Twitter doesn't want you to see it. So this New York Post story has to be so true. Here's what the story is. Okay, please. In April of 2019, all right, a man, I, I assume a man soaked to the bone, it co- came in <laughs> came into a Mac shop in Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware, okay, with a water damaged uh, laptop. And the person, again, we don't know who this is because. Oh, okay, really? Don't yeah, know. we okay. don't know who it is. It's not. It, it may or may not be Hunter Biden. But they brought in. Apparently, they brought in three water damaged laptops. One of them stayed at the Mac shop to get repaired. Okay. Now the owner of the Mac shop in Wilmington, John Paul McAllen, okay, is apparently, according to him legally blind okay and so he could not make out the figure that came into the store and left the computer he also did not get identification 
for uh, the customer. So somebody just dropped off a computer as if it was an unwanted baby being dropped out outside of a hospital, being dropped outside yes, of a hospital. That, okay. This shadowy figure was too ashamed it's, of this water-drenched laptop. So this is the this is the Moses of laptops yes. just sent down the river reeds. <laughs> the ri- yes, and then and then John Paul McAllen picked it up and claimed this baby laptop okay. for its for its own. Or I but, forget the name of the river, whatever it is, River Time or some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Uh, and uh, Thames. The yeah, the Thames. Whatever. The, yeah, the, that's the that's the river that it went down. But uh, uh, so John Paul McAllen, he says, you know, there's, I actually going through this computer that I'm trying to repair. This blind man. This blind man. <laughs> okay. Is he about to sell me a Mogwai? This, yes. Is this like? I, it seems very cryptic that this blind man well, runs a computer repair store. Like and this, it's, okay. yes, this blind sage opens this laptop. <laughs> okay. And, and he finds he finds some disturbing content on the laptop. Uh, and he decides that he's going to send it to two sources. He's going to send uh, these disturbing files to the FBI. Okay. And Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. <laughs> so, <sighs> okay, Rudy Giuliani. Of course, uh, you can watch him in the new Borat film, uh, which Travis has seen. I have not been able to it's, download it yet. But was that scene accurate for Giuliani? Just, just can you clarify for the audience because I haven't seen it. Is that scene accurate? Here's a little breakdown of this. Okay, scene. please, God, because um, I can't. And I'm, not, and I'm not spoiling it because it really is a, the sensuality of the scene that you need to see with your own eyes. Okay, so it, it's a very visceral moment. But Rudy Giuliani is being interviewed by Borat's daughter and a 15 year old. It, well, a 15 year old in the movie, a 24 year old in real life. But he thought she was 15. I, we're not super sure what he thought because okay. she sort of is able to na- uh, to nab this interview and she's being very like uh, complimentary towards Rudy Giuliani. She she's she's uh, she's very nice to him. And then he starts like kind of touching her knee and tough he's, day at the office he's and uh she something happens where she has to start apologize and so she's like you know what let's go back in this the hotel room and have a drink and you know thanking her for the interview okay and so now giuliani a man who is well aware he is constantly under scrutiny we are just outside of an election decided to go to his hotel room and have a drink just that alone is yes. just like buddy you can't. What are you is, doing? This is February of this year. Okay. Also, um, and so he goes into the hotel room. And when I say that you can't, I'm saying just for self protection, you know. But obviously, this guy yeah. was. Yeah. Go he goes into the hotel room with uh, with Borat's daughter, and the it's <laughs> the part that everyone is like focusing on is him tucking his shirt. So he's on the he's on the bed. And he's tucking his shirt in, and that's like the big like whoa. He, what but he, he really was tucking. He, his shirt. It looked like he was tucking his shirt, but it was also almost like he might have been fluffing himself because <laughs> it, it could go either way but the the, the thing mm-hmm. is leading up to, to that point um the reporter is like helping him take off his microphone and um he's really kind of letting her get all in there and <laughs> and while he's doing while she's like very slowly taking off the the microphone uh-huh. the law of, um he kind of like pats her on her thigh and he's like patting on her lower back and then he says the words um you can just give me your name and your phone number and your address and then and she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And she, as she's going to write down that information, he starts tucking his shirt back in. But he's down there for quite a while. And the, his big defense is um, it was video trickery. But there is okay. a sustained scene where we see him patting her on the thigh and just being the most – he is a creepy lech in this scene. It is very scary. And then he – it seems as if he caught on that he was well, – uh, something so was going on. As he's down there – it. 
for what to me seems like an unusual amount of time to tuck it in one you know, shirt. What yeah. they say about like at the at the urinal, you know, if you shake it in a, long enough, you're not. To, I think it's three shakes, three or shakes you're playing you're with it. Playing. Yeah. So yeah. he reached the I think the fourth shake down there, and uh, <laughs> I, so we it is it is very suspicious. But it, his demeanor and the way he's doing it, like all these little touches beforehand, is what really struck me as being creepy. But then yes. just as he's tucking his shirt in. Borat comes in in a pink, <laughs> a pink suit, a pink lingerie, like a pink nighty, basically, and says, "Take my anus, not hers. I'll, I'll take her place. Take my anus." And that's when Rudy Giuliani calls the cops and runs out. I see. Okay, so go back but, to I mean, the laptop. It, it is not a. It is not a spoiler by any means because you need to see this man behave in such a way. America's mayor. Oh my God! Thank God. Fluffing himself for this fifteen-year-old reporter. <sighs> Um, I didn't have that again on my 2020 bingo. But so yeah, so the the blind uh, the blind swordsman of okay. this Mac shop sends Rudy Giuliani's lawyer this information, and the reason why that information he thought would be relevant to Rudy uh, is that on the computer, he, even though he didn't catch who the guy was, apparently, okay, uh, on the computer was a Bo Biden Foundation sticker, okay, and so. He just assumed that it was Hunter Biden that that left the computer, and okay. and so he sends this information to Rudy, and Rudy is in like a brain trust of several There's, men. Wait, hold on. Is there any evidence that this is Hunter Biden's laptop? Well, the, other than the sticker, the Mac shop owner provides a receipt with Hunter Biden's name on it. But okay. but he also said he did not see. He wasn't sure who was in the store. So the, he thinks it's Hunter Biden. He thinks it's his computer. This is why but it's, this it's is so what people confusing. are basing off their entire. This yes. is like okay. Yes. This, so this is a whole big thing for a lot of people, but it seems like it's very broad, very vague. It's vague, and what, the disturbing content that uh, that I was referring to. What was it? It's an email implying that Hunter Biden is arranging a meeting with some Burisma executive. Oh my goodness. And it okay. says something like uh, hello again Hunter thanks for um thanks for setting up a, a potential meeting with your father <laughs> like basically like uh, uh, could you could you right. introduce me to the vice president of the United States um and that is the damning evidence that is the thing that that people are losing their shit that's what, that's why I thought the sign Biden Biden's laptop matters like what an incredible thing to latch onto and go protest Above the 101 freeway. Especially given, of course, the BLM, the use of that. And uh, I think it's just, it's, it's slanderous and pathetic. And uh, it, when it comes to actual grievance, again, you have to look at the prison industrial complex and the predatory policing that's been taking place in this country for a long time on folks that often don't look like people who would be concerned about Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. Also, doesn't Trump, he's the one with the bank accounts in China. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. No, and if you want to talk about someone who's taken advantage of their father's position, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric <laughs> Trump don't have any valuable skills. Their only existence is because of their father. All right. So but no, this I is, don't but get this it. Is the, this That's is, literally it? That is it. And, you know, they... <sighs> They, ki- they okay. kind of like stumbled into making this story relevant, too, because... Talk about grasping for straws, though. If people ran with the story, I think it would be, on its face, it would seem... I think everyone would be incredulous, right? If you just happen sure. to read about it, like Washington Post story, 
Uh, Rudy Giuliani claims that a blind Mac shop owner saw Hunter Biden <laughs> leave a stack of wet computers. Like, yeah. all of this sounds very stupid. Um, it does. The fact that I think these social medias took some initiative for the first time ever, it actually backfired this time a little. And it made the story relevant to people who are already conspiratorial and paranoid right. uh, and are trying to get and that is why, uh, again, Joe Biden, not to be in office, just get off of those platforms or at the very least, don't rely on those platforms for information because it all goes through this insane uh, kaleidoscope of insanity. But there is a the, it's just amazing. The, some of the stories that I've been reading about the scandal, apparently Giuliani is working with like a, a, his own little suicide squad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you tell of, the names of brainiacs? Bo Deedle, your former opponent. Bo Deedle, by the way. Okay, so Bo Deedle, he's the one pushing this damn narrative about this stupid laptop. I know Bo Deedle. I've met him multiple times. He was the henchman for Roger Ailes. Any yes. woman that would accuse Roger Ailes of raping them, he used to go hunt them down <laughs> yeah. and torment yeah. them. I met him multiple times at uh, when he was running for mayor against Bill de Blasio when I was running for Brooklyn Borough President. And he, wow, it is unbelievable that this, never believe anything. That has anything to do with Bo Deedle. If he mentions it, it's wrong. The man is the equivalent of a talking ham. Like if Meatloaf had a small brain, arms and legs, and could wear shoes, this person is truly an idiot. He was too racist for the NYPD. Like this dude is just absolutely trash. And there, there's a, they have like another hunter story brewing right now apparently i don't know the but this isn't even joe biden like that it, i know so the big thing is everyone i do not don't judge me for my grandfather don't judge me for my father you judge me for me and that goes for fathers not being judged for what their kids do as well like hunter biden dabbled in a bit of the cocaine he was a party animal not the family's favorite son that was obviously Bo r.i.p this is not reflective of Joe Biden. I know. It's not reflective of his campaign. It's not reflective of how he would govern. I don't see how they're trying to extrapolate this out to be a Joe Biden <laughs> scandal. If anything, it just means that that freaking Hunter is so stupid, he doesn't have a friend who knows computers. And the, so the new story apparently that they're working up is also Hunter Biden related. And it I don't care. <laughs> and it deals with... So the premise is that... <laughs> Hunter saw a, a therapist in Boston, and Good. that therapist invited Biden to live with him for like several months. So Hunter Biden lived with his therapist and then also maybe like forgot some computer files <laughs> at this therapist's house. And so the therapist is is coming forward with documents proving as well that that Joe Biden was trying to profit off of Ukrainian Burisma. <laughs> that Joe or Hunter was? Well, so all of this, all this triangulation always ends with Joe Biden actually used his power to make money off of e either either Hunter's uh -huh. business ties with U Ukraine or um, or Hunter enriched himself using his, Joe Biden's influence. Uh -huh. Like it all is a triangulation of who profited off of Joe Biden's power. And uh, so I, I really I, I'm completely like it out of my depth here talking about this, uh, the the therapist one. But that is when I gleaned recently that they're going to talk about some therapists who who Hunter lived with. for. And like of a course, month. that's so vital for the people who are getting uh, kicked off of their health care for pre-existing conditions or for the people that are desperate to get a job. That's so important for the people of this country. Hopefully, Hunter Biden didn't have some nefarious emails or God knows, God forbid, he uh, 
stayed over at his therapist's house for <laughs> too long. I, all right. Well, this before we get to the interview with Jason and Devram, this is my can you believe it story of the week, which is a segment we don't do, but I'm doing it this week. Um, I sent this to Travis because this, you know what this does? Yeah. This gets me going. Oh, grinds your gears. It grinds my deep, grinds my gears. So everyone is doing Zoom classes now. All of these kids are doing Zoom classes. This ties into Kamala Harris's uh, horrible, you know, and again, this is a binary choice. It is what it is. This is just, this is a bad policy that she had. Uh, where the, the truancy laws, right? Mm-hmm. And because we have Zoom classes, evidently these truancy laws, they're still in place and you cannot miss class for more than three times without an excuse. Otherwise, you risk being arrested. So this is a true story that happened here in California. A seventh grader reportedly missed an hour and a half of class time before his father received a letter from the school. This is a dude. The father's name is Mark Mastrov. Uh, I believe he is the founder of 24-Hour Fitness. Uh, he is a 12-year-old son. He had three absences. So this is what the school told this man about his son. He says, quote, the school told him that he can become a truant of the state and could be arrested regarding his son, which is completely insane. He goes on to say, I said, are you going to come arrest my son at my home or try to find me for not getting him to his Zoom class on time every single day? According, And apparently this is not being denied by the school. According to Stanley principal Betsy Beaumont, she says the letter is part of our responsibility to the state for our student attendance review boards. As always, the schools have a responsibility to ensure students are engaged and learning. The section specifically cited, cited in the letter said that attendance, that an attendance supervisor, peace officer, a school administration or probation officer may arrest or assume temporary custody during school hours of, quote, any minor subject to compulsory full time education or to compulsory continuation education found away from his or her home and who is absent from school without a valid excuse. The father has said uh, that other parents have received similar letters threatening their children with arrest and that he planned to write lawmakers to implement a change in policy. This guy has like a lot of power. Hmm. And of course, this is a wealthy uh, white family. Uh, And because he got the letter, he's like, what is this? But you imagine all those people who don't have the ability to call up Governor Newsom, who are not the owners of 24-hour fitness who have their children do people do such people exist do such people exist indeed so this is just a horrible policy that has to be changed incarcerating and arresting kids for not missing school is never the answer and this has got to be changed Uh, this is what he had to say he says obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic and governor newsom is trying to manage it but if the state of california is really going to spend a lot of time focusing on arresting 12 year old children for missing 90 minutes of school in 10 months it's ridiculous. So that is the crazy story of the week. And that policy has to be changed. And that is one of the policies uh, that we heard uh, criticizing uh, Kamala Harris when she was, of course, uh, the DA here in California. This was one of her big this is one of her big initiatives. And just arrest is never the answer for truancy. Uh, there's so you know, many other ways to go about what? this, and uh, this is just not right. This seems like the the real world, like logical conclusion to our our like work life intertwining, because I sometimes feel like I'm going to go to jail if I don't check my email every hour. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel honest, like I'm going to be you know, economically punished. Well, I'm you go be, you I, go to the last podcast on the left jail, <laughs> which is really just an old country buffet. But you know what I mean? Like it is like 
this is the real world extension is like a guy with a baton comes to your house and says like, get the fuck on your computer. It's horrifying. It's fascist. It's disgusting. And again, as we've been talking about, we talk about it all the time. Criminal justice reform. We incarcerate so many people in this country and why we do not have to. This is one of the things where arrest like how would anyone ever imagine that this is the solution to truancy? I also, I, I guess uh, I just don't know. Well, they're going to get an education in jail about, about how to be a criminal, I guess. I don't know what else to do, though, right? Like, what, what would be the alternative to getting people to, like, stick to schedules uh, that, I mean, because not it, arrest it, them. It, but no, but, but what is the alternative? What is, is it like sending them a, like, bumping an email or, like, sending them some kind of, like, shame them on Twitter? I don't really know what the alternative would be. Actually. Kids used to skip school all the time. I know, but it's it's just I'm just acknowledging that it is a strange time where I don't even I would not know how to approach the situation. Like you approach you the need situation, to come to class. I know that it's stupid. You approach the situation where if you do not go to class, you get marked absent for that day. You receive a lower grade, and then if you do that enough, you have to retake the class. That's the punishment for skipping class. They should add a little. And then you have to, then you're like, oh, I have to do fourth grade over again. This freaking sucks. Maybe the second time you won't skip class and you'll make it to fifth grade or you'll be 25 years old. I think they should also do something a little bit extra, like have somebody from the school, like a Jason hockey mask, stand outside (laughs) their window. (laughs) I mean, honestly, or send the kid to the therapist's office and be like, what's going on at home? Uh, You know, there's so many ways. My friend in, uh, well, not. Now he's in Denver. He was in Milwaukee. He was the therapist uh, for the for the biggest school district in Milwaukee. He you know, was Hunter one of the head- Biden lived with his therapist in really? Boston, and he left behind a giant stack of computers. I suppose guidance counselor is the right term. I apologize, and that's where you solve these issues. It does not make you nefarious or evil for missing class. It makes you a normal kid, and you have to go talk to the student. Go talk to the counselor. We need mental health. We need support for these people. We certainly don't need to arrest them where they will be. I mean, just watch the movie Sleepers uh, if you want to see what happens to a lot of kids uh, once they're arrested. The sexual assault, the abuse, the physical abuse, all it does is make you a criminal. Arrest is never the answer. We need uh, guidance counselors. That's what I would say to your question, Travis. And we need to help kids and we need to explain to them why it's good to go to class. And then we need to figure out why they're missing class and we can go from there. Or do we need to we need to bring in Quibi? (laughs) Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. All right, everyone. Now it is time for my interview with two people. You may have heard them on the show before with their awesome movie from 2016 called Undecided or The Undecided. They portrayed two voters who were still making their minds up between Hillary and Donald Trump. And apparently in their next film, they have made their mind up and they have decided to love the one and only Donald Trump. Of course, this is a satirical piece. I am honored to have with me the stars of the movie that will be out October 27th. That is this Tuesday. Make sure you get it this Tuesday, October 27th. It is called The Supporters. I am with Devram Stiefler and Jason Selvig. Thank you both for being on the show, man. 
Ben, it is an honor to be here. It really is. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Before, oh my God, isn't it isn't it fun to talk? Isn't it? Nice? It's fun to talk. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to listen to your voice. <laughs> isn't that nice? Yeah. So before we get into the supporters, which we have to talk about, because you had a chance to, I'm going to say, berate, harass, and overall ridicule every single candidate that was running for president in 2019. Obviously, leading up to the election that we have coming up here, November 3rd in 2020. But because the Dems had such a large field, you really had a chance to explore different politicians and sort of mock different, uh, you know, perhaps political opinions or whatever. I want to talk to you about what that process was like, who you met, what was it like meeting them and all of that. But before we get to that, we have a feud. And here in Abelgan's Top Hat, we like to squash beefs, but then we also like to blow them up. All right. There's a dude. You want to throw some gasoline on the fire here, it sounds like. I'm throwing gasoline on the fire. Call me, call me, uh, freaking, uh, call me, uh, Paul. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm forgetting the very famous Paul bearer. Call me Paul bearer throwing flames on the casket as Kane has just put undertaker in said casket. The flames are pluming and the undertaker is sent to hell. But speaking of hell, somebody that we're about to talk to perhaps belongs there. A fella named Sam. Sam Weinberg is his name. Now, he stole, according to you, some very important intellectual (laughs) property, which was the Settle for Biden logo. Of course, everyone's seen this online. It's everywhere that you can imagine. The peak of the Democratic primary. You're trying to rev up support after Joe Biden wins. And what is it? Let's go, Joe. No, settle for Biden, which I thought was a message that all of us could get behind. And dare I say, it doesn't matter if you're super happy. You just have to say yes. And then that's just as good as if you did it with a smile or with uh, with a frown. So how did you come up with the logo for settle for Biden? And why did this man steal it from you? Well, in 2016, in the movie, in Undecided the Movie, we, our characters settled for Hillary Clinton and we made settle for Hillary, Hillary t-shirts and we sat behind her at a campaign rally and it was like on the news, these two guys yep. would settle for Biden or settle for Hillary shirts. And we thought that like, you know, I hope it's not the case, but back in January, we were like, wow, Joe Biden is the closest candidate to Hillary Clinton, the safest bet you could possibly uh, take care. And yep. so we, we, we made settle for Biden shirts. Um, and we created a settle for Biden website and a, and a TV commercial for the t-shirts and Devram even wore them at a rally for mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And then we got a bunch of, uh, in like June or something, we got a bunch of people, um, sending us messages saying, wow, I just followed you guys on uh, Instagram. You're really blowing up. I'm going to buy a sticker from you. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. But Mm -hmm. what what are are you talking about? (laughs) And it turned out somebody else had made, you know, the exact same look, everything, uh, settled for Biden um, Instagram. And they now I think they have like 250,000 followers. And they're multi-millionaires. And I know, exactly, exactly. Uh, And so it was a thing 
we were upset about for a week, but Daniela, I guess, brought it up to you. So now Daniela Panetta, about <laughs> yes, indeed, a person very close to my heart. Perhaps there's a future uh, of phone conversations. But all right, well, I am extremely happy that you guys have squashed or the internal beef because if you hold on to hatred, you're not hurting the person you hate. You're just hurting yourself, aren't you? It's it's totally true. And here's here's why we got so upset is they we saw it and <laughs> I haven't let go of it completely. Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw a little more. <laughs> we reached out to him and we asked, we didn't ask for any of his money. We we're like, we support the cause. Like, obviously, like we came up with it. We support it. Um, so if all we ask for is that you just like throw a little credit up if for yeah. us for coming up with it. Just put a little credit keep the in money. your bio and keep, keep doing whatever you're doing. Um, but just acknowledge that the original concept, because, you know, it's out there, it's online, it, it sure. existed, um, you know, by us first, just say original concept by at TGL NYC. We thought that was super the good fair. liars. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the dude wasn't having it. And uh, then, it, said, then it just got more and more frustrating. He I said forgot guys, all the shit that you yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> good. We have it. It. <laughs> well, I, I think he said um, – we shouldn't be squabbling over this because we could cost Biden the election. Like, yeah. like his way of trying to like guess and not call him out was like uh-huh. as if our, don't yeah, squabble like, over the money that I'm making from your stolen design. It's gonna cost <laughs> Biden the election. So then I reached out to him and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah. Jason's pretty upset. Maybe you and I can handle this. <laughs> and Jason's into pro wrestling just like myself. So he's getting That's ready true. to elbow drop off the top. Right. Oh, everything could fall apart. But, you know, it's interesting. We talk about settle for Biden. And obviously that was sort of done in jest. That was to show lack of enthusiasm. But now you think about the word settle. And isn't that something that we need as a country? I was talking about this recently when it comes to the term like sleepy Joe Biden, all this stuff. I want the next president to sleep 18 hours a day. I want them to be basically like a Dracul. I want them to be constantly in the dark. I don't want them to be awake ever unless they are doing something extremely mundane, like going out and waving to a crowd of people on July 4th. I don't need them to do anything more. And when it comes to settle, We have so much dust in the air right now. Everyone's kicking up dust. Everyone is angry. Just over here in in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, I'm driving into work today. There's a crowd of about 20 Trump supporters with flags the size of the U.S. flag that stands outside of Perkins. For the people in the Midwest, the Perkins restaurant, (laughs) they always had the biggest U.S. flag ever. It was like the size of a stadium. Um, But when it comes to all of the... Ooh, intensity, the uh, animosity, all of just the frustration and all of the fatigue isn't settling what we just want to do as a people right now. I want it to be I want the next president and I hope it's Joe Biden to just be the most boring president ever. I don't want there to be a national. I don't want him to be tweeting. I don't want to know his opinion on television shows. No, I only foreign policy and domestic policy. And that's it. I don't want to know anything else Um, because the last four years have been just like a reality show overload of just like entertainment and politics and racism, like a stew of it. And it's the worst fucking thing that's ever happened. I think what you just described is great TV. (laughs) (laughs) Must flee TV. Yeah, I mean, it would would be incredible to be in a situation that doesn't feel so dire all the time. So yeah, 18 hours a day sounds like the right amount for the president to sleep 18 to 
20, I guess. And hopefully we can all settle down a little bit. So let's talk about the movie, The Supporters. Uh, I just watched, there's a great uh, little preview for it. Uh, If you want to find the the preview, you can find it on YouTube or you can find it on social media. I'm sure it's, it's everywhere. It looks to me like you guys are back to your old tricks. And I just want to know, what was this like when you guys dressed head to toe in in Trump gear? Your car was covered in Trump uh, stickers. And my first question is, and this is kind of a, a shot across the bow, perhaps. At any point, did you get flicked off and cursed out to the point where you're like, you know what, the left? Could you just not be so mean? We're not even real Trump supporters, but what you said just hurt because you did put yourselves out there in that way as well. Yeah, um, we, yes. I mean, people did get upset, but not like crazy upset while we were shooting. But also when we put it on, it was, the hat is so loaded and all the shit that he said and like, the defending of like racists and rapists and every bad person in between. When you put that on, it's a loaded thing. And you can't be upset with somebody for being mad at you. I don't think. Cause sure. I, when I see somebody wear the hat, I'm like, what are you fucking thinking? Like, have you, have you not listened to every single thing this man has said over the last, you know, six years, really? I mean, going back to fucking birtherism. So like, I, yes, we did get into, um, we, we did kind of, kind of ruffle feathers in that way, but it, the the jokes are always on us in that situation. Sure. Um, we aren't like going and, and egging people on um, who are liberals be, using Trumpism to do that because that didn't, doesn't seem like a good way to, to make comments. I'd say we kind of, we kind of knew what we were getting into when we put those on. Uh, right. And we're willing to kind of deal with whatever came our way. Cause you know, like Jason said, if I see someone wearing that, I'm like, okay, what are you trying to get a, a rise out of me to some degree? And I guess we kind of were at times. So we had to know that's what we were getting into. So where was the decision made when it comes to this sort of satirical documentary and real documentary? And we're going to get into some of the footage and I can't wait to hear some of the town halls and just some previews for like what the audience can expect to see on Tuesday again, October 27th when the film comes out. Um, What was the motivation for going all in saying, Hey, now we're Trump supporters sort of piggybacking on the undecided thing, but obviously choosing Hillary then and, uh, and Trump this time, why did you feel the need to explore that world and explore? Were there any time when you, within your exploration of listening to Trump, going to Trump rallies, did you, did it ever, click in the sense where you're like, I get why people are convinced by this man. I obviously have enough um, intellectual fortitude to understand that it's why, why it's working and also why it's a lie. Did you guys ever find yourself getting maybe a little too deep where you started <laughs> saying like in your sleep, like maybe we should build the wall. And then you're like, Oh my God, I got to yeah, take the bag. Head off. Done. <laughs> um, the short answer is no. Um, but uh, we, did we decided to do this after we had done a couple videos, you know, we've done like anti-Trump videos in the past and like that we've, we got like death threats and we got like literal death threats and people like DMing us and, and writing comments that they're going to shoot us and like crazy mm. stuff. I don't know if you've, you've experienced any of this stuff before, but like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, and, and we were thinking like, what are these people like? <laughs> right. Cause, cause uh, and how Dale, serious are they? Right. Isn't that the big concern? It's like, when are they serious? Because obviously we've been in this line of work for a while now and and you take everything with a massive grain of salt. 
But it just takes one person to be like, I sent you 30 emails that said I was going to kill you. What are you even surprised about when they show up at your house in their underwear? Well, Dale uh, DeVram's character is actually, um, he's an incel, an involuntary celibate. Yes. Who is an online troll. Um, so that he actually is embodying that. <laughs> the trolls that have trolled us in the past. Yeah, uh, it was interesting to try and jump into their skin. And uh, I would say you're, you're talking about like, you know, there is some sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, magic in the, the Trump camp. I think magic how, is how the right word, yeah. Yeah, it's the dark kind of magic. Exactly. But, um, we were at uh, a, a motorcade and like the third of the people are pretty drunk. There's a DJ, like it's a party and you- right. you you kind of realize nobody's this excited when Biden comes to town. No. Um, so there, there's something happening and there is a level of excitement. I don't know, you know, the percentage of people who are that excited, but the one in, in this country, but the ones who are there are really psyched to be there. Um, so right. that, you know, it's a little, it's a little scary. Did and, you get uh, any, did you get any insight when you were at the tailgate, which is what it is? It literally is like a, like a national yeah. league football game tailgate, uh, including the sausages <laughs> and the DJ and the party and the booths. Did you get a sense of why, what was it that, that was the main reason for this unbelievable enthusiasm? Because you're right. I watched Trump's rally this past week. Everyone is going crazy. It's, I mean, he is crushing it, talking about how COVID will be gone November 4th if he loses. Obviously, November 3rd, the election, which is just simply untrue. Will the media change the narrative? Maybe or whatever, but COVID is COVID. That is a, that's just like a medical, that's just a thing, right? Um, but then they, they showed Biden and Biden was speaking to, I think like eight people. And of course, in my head, I was like, oh my God. So I had to go look at some polling data right away and sort of reassure (laughs) yourself that it's going to be okay. Although who knows, but what was the reason behind the enthusiasm? Was it, was it diverse in why they liked him or was there some sort of streamlined thought that, that you guys were able to pick up on? I think people just rallied around around patriotism and they feel like they need to get their kids on board with this. Like a lot of the people at this motorcade were were kids and it was parents, uh, you know, putting the Trump flag in their kids hands and the kids going, oh, I can't believe the beast is going to be here soon. And like, you know, it, it's a whole the, mo- the motorcade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you love America. Not the president then, who could also be referred to as the beast. <laughs> he is the yes, beast. The, 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 the motorcade. Yeah. Uh, the, the motorcade, the, the limo, his famous limo. But it was like, um, you know, I don't know. It felt like they were at a, at Comic-Con or something. Like all all excited about the same superhero. Um, mm. You know, it's rallying around patriotism, I guess, which they have claimed. And I think that a lot of it is like they're like, our life sucks some and like people don't listen to us and, but Donald Trump listens to us. And I, right. I think that is, is a big thing with Donald Trump is he's like, and he's using, you know, racism and, you know, all sorts of terrible stuff to, to make his points with us. But it's basically a lot of people who feel forgotten in the United States. They're made fun of by people like us. <laughs> and right. then they're, and then uh, they there's finally a guy who's like, oh, no, I'm your champion. I'm not like your half your champion who like mm-hmm. dog whistles. I'm actually like your guy. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned racism and a lot of people just because obviously we're three straight white dudes here. I don't know about Tavram straight. Straight. Wonderful. I only know Jason because I know his wife. Um, yeah. So there we go. But we've we've done a Royal Rumble together. Yeah, we did a Royal Rumble that. together <laughs> and we bet and we had a lot of we had a lot of fun. And I wore his belt and now I have my own my own championship belt. And you wore that. This is a, that's very big for you. 
<laughs> well, when it comes to racism, we often we often think about this from the white perspective, where it's like wh- white racism. But Donald Trump also plays on when Obama was in office. There were a lot of black people that were a little bit upset that he wasn't focusing enough on black issues, focusing on things like DACA. There were a lot of Hispanics, for example, who are against what Obama was doing when it comes to Cuba, when it comes to opening relationships uh, with Fidel Castro. Race in this country is ex- Asian. Like there are so much different amount. There's so many different angles to the term racism. And so when you oftentimes you'll look at something like a, like a Trump event and you will see people of different color, you will see people of, of different um, physical appearance. But at the same time, when we talk about racism, we have to remember they're there because they hate the same thing that Donald Trump is saying that he hates. And it's, right. I, I think that is the that is one of the things that is sort of difficult to articulate when we talk about racism. And then you have somebody uh, who can easily just spit back, you know, first step back. They can talk about some criminal justice reform, which I have said is a good thing. Me and Van Jones have both said that. But when it comes to what that means, it means that they are relating to him based upon the things that he hates. And then he says, and you hate the same thing. So let's come together. Mutual enemies equal our relationship. And to me, that is just the most nefarious, darkest, most evil form of politics. But at the same time, when you go to these rallies, everyone is just smiling and and having a time of their life like they're about to go watch Richard Petty race around a track and hopefully not crash and die. R.I.P. I believe Richard Petty is dead. And what's so insane about it is it's it's really just a, an, an old man's monologue about right. about stuff he saw on cable news. He's not insightful yes. in any way, but he is funny and he is funny to these people. And he like has good comedic timing and like the stuff that like nobody <laughs> wants to talk about on the left is like his charisma. Like he's a naturally charismatic guy. He really is. Yeah. I mean, people talk talk about him. I'm always like, what the fuck did Trump do today? Because I fear for my life and I think he's fucking awful. But also because <laughs> like he it knows how to like push all these buttons. Um, right. So it's it's a very weird event because he, he'll talk for an hour and then people, the one we shot, are the final scene of our movie. Uh, I was not involved in that scene. No spoilers though, no spoilers. Okay. But I was there and I was seeing all the people who left early because they were kind of getting bored <laughs> of the really? act. while it was going on. They were like, we saw Trump, but now it's been an hour and 20 minutes of him talking about what somebody said about him on cable news and how right. this person is a terrible journalist or whatever. And people just start slowly trickling out. It does seem like he is a Kiss cover band, but with the original band kiss like he seems to be a parody of himself a little more makeup a little bit more it would be great if he dressed like a cat (laughs) that'd be fun (laughs) maybe in his eighth illegal term (laughs) Uh, yeah i'd love it if he just like was had the cgi cats like the (laughs) like the musical (laughs) these are good ideas guys these are gonna get out thanks to prom he's gonna win because of this (laughs) i know so so people did you so you did feel as if in some of the rallies, people were like, play something new. Free bar. <laughs> like it was just a little bit opposite of like when you go see Bob Dylan and you're like, play something old. Well, no, they want the hits. They, they want, want the hits. Yeah. They want the build the wall. They want the, oh. you know, Hillary for prison. I think it's a little bit like what I was talking about earlier. They're psyched to say they saw him to be part of like that tailgate that happens before all the excitement of waiting for him. He shows up, Air Force One lands. It's like a concert, and then yes. uh, Jason said, like forty minutes into it, uh, you're just kind of done because you've been there for seven hours, and it's really not about him; it's about the atmosphere. 
And right. people just start leaving. The hangover is starting to set in and you're right. like, yeah, I gotta... that's another thing. Like I, more than a handful of people too drunk getting let out, which <laughs> that's unique to Trump. I'm sure. Uh, Not happening at a Biden event. That is interesting. So just before we get to the Democratic candidates, because I want to talk about your experience and I want to just I mean, I don't know how many trade secrets you can give up, but obviously we have the new Borat film coming out as well, which is you guys are sort of doing something similar and kind of being undercover and uh, breaking the third wall of art and really participating in art in real time with real people that don't know that you guys are being satirical figures. But when it comes to Trump, just lastly, uh, were there any big takeaways? What was your, what was your final takeaway from just your experience being around those people, being around Trump? It obviously, was it different than in 2016 when you saw his rally there? A- any major differences or? Uh, I think that people are much more fanatical now. Um, really? And yeah. And like a little bit there, there, it's so crazy to think about 2016, the rallies we went to in 2016 for Trump versus now. Like, and for those that don't recall, Undecided, uh, Jason and DeVram were the ones who created what looked to be like Nazi armbands that then Fox News ran with being like, at the Trump rally, they're handing out these armbands. But Fox News reported it like, they're pretty cool merch, right? Like, it was so, so freaking surreal and crazy. But yeah. They were just, just kind of like, and a new thing, which doesn't seem impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's like, yeah, we are pretty much like on the roller coaster to fascism right now. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also we called him boring at the in, in, in undecided as well. But uh, th- this this election, it just feels like people are really ready to be violent. Um, they did get a little violent with Devram in the final scene of the movie and uh, Trump applauded them for it. <laughs> they, he was like, good. I'm glad you did that. And it was like, it's just a crazy thing. It's a crazy, like... I think there was something hmm. with, like, the underdog mentality of the first time around. Right. Um, and it's like, wow, if we pull this off, that'd be incredible. But now people are entitled, and they think that he should be hanging on regardless. And I think there's, right. like, just an entitlement about the whole thing. Um, and they're like, we have the right to be here and say all this crazy stuff and agree with this guy. He's the president. He's been the president for, you know, nearly four years now. So I think it, it does have a different atmosphere where... I don't know. People, they don't want to give up power. This is like a show of force before the election. Do you think that when it comes to the polling data that we're getting now, um, do you think the polling data is more accurate in this election because of that? Because in 2015, 2016, there were so many people just saying, I couldn't, I can't do that with Trump. I'm not going to vote for Hillary. Maybe I'll go with Gary Johnson or Jill Stein, whatever it might be. Do you think that people are at the very least now when they say they're, when you do, Get get the survey or whatever the hell it might be. They are much more comfortable saying they're voting for Trump, which then could allow me to infer that maybe the polling data we're seeing is accurate now. I don't. Uh, how does polling data work? Is it still phone calls? They do how does it, this even work? Like it's emails, at, phone calls, texts, okay. uh, mail in. I mean, there's so many different ways that they do it now. But yeah. I know that. I mean, that that really is in 2016. It was much more arcane. It was like phone calls to old people. And you're like, OK, like, who knows? Like, and right. how does that how does that say what other demographics are going to do in that? But uh, I hope so. I mean, I hope everyone's sick of it. Well, what I'm trying to say is do you, people are much more uh, people are much more willing to say yes. That, I support this man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, because I think there's a difference between 
like a, a quote unquote, like suburban Trump supporter and the guys who fly the flags at the flag rallies and put, you know, giant things on their lawn. That being said, we were just, we just did a film up in Middletown, Connecticut, and there were giant flags in a college right. town for Trump up in, in yards and not in the country. So I don't know. I, I, I hope so. I hope people, I hope it's more accurate. Just like every time it feels like we'll find out after the fact, if it was accurate or not, which is what's right. so stressful about it. Supreme court decides it in December uh, <laughs> or whatever yeah. happens. Well, know. absolutely. Well, that seems to be definitely one of the plans going forward. It's stunning to me that college kids I I guess it makes sense if you want Bluto from Animal House to be president, but isn't the fun like having a Dean Warmer? Isn't the fun of Animal House having the Dean that you can go kill a horse in their office? If Bluto is the president, if he's the town, if he's the college Dean, aren't you just constantly freaking annoyed by the stupidity? I I mean, by the way, the the Animal House they committed about thirty felonies in that movie. Like, oh well, who cares? They were drunk back in my day. You could be drunk and say that was an excuse. <laughs> you need to right. go back and look at that. You need to go back and look at that. There was a lot. Technically, I hate the, the term is problematic. I think these days, but whatever. It's a movie. It is to, a to film. point. Like things should be boring. That that what what you said at the, at the outset. Well, it makes our I job impossible as comedians if the person right. who is in charge is, is already such a a crazy personality. How do you mimic it? How do you make um, it like the only? There's just no room for comedy. Well, we found we have a whole section on QAnon in the movie where mm. you may or may not find out who Q is, by the way. Oh, no spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but we thought we were taking things to a very high level of unbelievability with Trump supporters and people loved it. People supported everything that we were doing. So it was it's it really is like the level of ridiculousness that we're at right now. It's, it feels like I would believe anything and that like a story about Trump supporters and they will literally believe <laughs> anything. At what this do point. you think Travis and I, we Travis Morningstar, of course, my co-host here on able can stop at um, what do you think happens to Q after this to the idea? Uh, let's just say polls are right. Everyone's settled in with Biden. November 4th comes where, what do you think just with your experience hanging out with Trumpers and also, I guess, sort of to piggyback on that same question, have they war gamed for the idea that Trump loses? And if so, is Q a part of this sort of now they're in phase two of regaining power? Well, I think Q is like something that was created, like that Trump thinks is helping him, but in the end, like it's morphing into its own cult that is like, going to have it can survive having nothing to do with Trump mm. because these people are believing everything that's being said, all these like Q drops that now it doesn't it doesn't have to have anything to do with Trump. It can have to do with whoever they want. There's still this person, this high level military, whatever, and they can still put information, tell people to do things and like literally control a lot of dumb people <laughs> to do a lot of dumb things. Right. Uh, and it's really scary. So I don't think it's going to go away. I don't think it dies with Trump is what I'm saying, right. uh, because I don't, these people don't want it to die because it's like fucking Santa Claus. Like it, you, you are presented with information that something is not real, but 
you choose to keep to yeah. double down on it at every single. Uh, I think feeling like the underdog is is only a reason that like it gains strength and the people dig their heels in. Uh, so I I don't know. I think it will gain gain momentum if if Trump does lose. I think those are that's when people will become more certain that they're right. Right. Persecution complex is very powerful. Right. That's right. Very very powerful. Uh, and before we get to the Democratic candidates, what I want de- definitely want to talk about. Um, can you just give our audience again? The movie is going to be. It is called The Supporters, and uh, it will be out October twenty seventh. Get that this this Tuesday. Um, can you tease just a little bit? Like what was what was something that you said satirically that Trump or that the people who are believers in Q were just like that seems possible. Just a little tease for the audience. Well, yeah, we actually had a whole section in the movie that we can talk about now that uh, is kind of on the cutting room floor a little bit, unfortunately, okay. but we're going to release it um, in uh, as a deleted scene. And we're going to put it out on our Patreon and stuff like that. Um, awesome. But we are we had a whole thing where we were running Q for president against <laughs> Donald Trump. And we went to the RNC and we tried to get him on the ticket there and. And we talked to some QAnon believers and we asked them, like, would you vote for QAnon for president? And they said, yes. A lot of them said, yes, they would. What does vote it for- mean? But what I does know. it mean? Yeah, exactly. There was like a short circuit where it's like, wait, against Trump? Uh, what is that? But, you know, if Q comes here, sure, sure. Whatever he says. It was like wow. when the time comes, they're like, if QAnon isn't Trump, we would vote for Q for president. Yes. So now at this point, like Donald Trump, <laughs> they support Q more than they support Trump. And of course, this is not every Trump supporter. Some Trump supporters no, no. don't know who Q is. You know, you you talk to them about it, they don't. But other people, like they loved it. They were putting the stickers on. on Q, them. For, Q president. for president. They had we had the signs. We have yard signs that we that were that were put up. So it was like it. It's that's like an example of like you think you're doing the craziest thing and then people right. are just like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd vote for, I'd vote for this thing that may or may not. Exist. Jason, what, what would you say? What percentage of people would you say um, when we talked to them knew who Q was? was yeah, lot, that was, right? that was going to be lot. my follow-up. What, what do you think the Venn diagram is for Trumpers and Q supporters? I, 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 is it safe to say that not all Trump supporters are Q supporters, but all people who believe in QAnon are Trump supporters? I think so. I think, I think so. so. Yeah. It's like 30% of the people there were like, I know Q. I love Q. That is millions of people. people. No, yeah, exactly. It was a lot. And it's not just like I, I, when I first was reading about it, I'm like, Oh, it's, it's aunt, you know, Nancy on, uh, on Facebook. Sure. Who's 60 years old. We talked to like, so like young hip looking, whatever people like who were like, yeah, I love Q. I love the Q drops. It's amazing. And like, they believed it. And, and then of course there's older people and like middle-aged people, it, w- it wasn't just like the old people on Facebook, which was the thing that I was imagining. What do you think would be the most ner- the most uh, horrifying outcome of the so-called Q drops? Um, I mean, obviously, it seems as if they will take this as gospel. It's very possible that that could. And I don't want to be like hyperbolic, but if Q, if there was a Q drop being like, today's the day. You got your gun? Get it loaded. We're all meeting, you know, wherever. Is that a real concern that we should have, do you think, with your experience and talking with these people? Or is it like what's the because I always try to remember like the levity is a very real thing. People do have a sense of humor. Not everyone is good. Most people are not extreme. So like if you just like 
light cue or whatever, like it's like, all right, you're an idiot. But when does it become dangerous? And did you get a sense that you're like, holy hell, like? Well, I think the the just the 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 whole way it's constructed, it's dangerous because it's not like Q is just like saying he works with Trump and they're doing all sorts of fun stuff. No, he's saying there's like a pedophile ring where children are being exploited. Like these are emotional issues to people that they feel very strongly about. And that's why they get involved in QAnon and start believing in QAnon. And I think that's the dangerous component of it, because when you say like, Oh, we have to save the children. There's like the, the, the we have to raid the Wayfair plants or whatever. You <laughs> yeah. know, like like these people believe it and they think that they're doing the right thing. And now, when we said earlier that how many you know the percentage of people at these things that knew who Q was and and were uh, were psyched on the whole Q phenomenon. I mean, if you take one percent of those people that maybe are extreme, I do think it's a real thing to worry about. I think the vast majority of people are rather talk about it online and and that's where it ends but that's still you know many thousands of people who are extremists who actually believe in this stuff yeah it's some of it is just a little is larping and the other are dangerous extremists (laughs) yeah no absolute political larping yeah yeah a car is never just a car kelly blue book knows it's so much more than that it's your commuting chariot your road trip refuge your i just need a reason to get out of the house your car is there for everything and for everything car there's kelly blue book Need a new set of wheels? Price it on Kelly Blue Book. Problem under the hood? Fix it with Kelly Blue Book. Can another car do the job better? Trade it or sell it on Kelly Blue Book. We're here mile after mile, moment after moment. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com. Visit kellybluebook.com to get the journey started. Well, and of course, you know, that's what we talk about when it comes to Pizzagate. There's that great documentary all about the guy who was driving down to the Comet Pizza in D.C. And when you listen to him... He's talking about saving the children. He's talking about how he has kids. Did you get, and and just to sort of try to put humanity in there, because I think we always have to remember that in the minds of these people, they are doing good. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's the sad part about it is like the the people aren't getting in there necessarily through like anti-Semitism or through like the dark impulses of man, if you will. They're getting into it because- that they believe that there is uh, there there are children being exploited. Yeah, and uh, that's the main and like and you see now there's a whole um, the the main Q believers are women are are moms in their forties. Wow. Can I just ask did did they what about the Epstein thing? So we got <laughs> we got the we got the old T dog Donald Trump hanging out with Epstein. Literally talks about how Epstein likes him young. Donald Trump walking through the T Miss Teen uh, USA pageants, looking at all their freaking you know bodies as they're changing and whatnot. Is there this this disconnect to me is one of the hardest to understand in that we have all the pictures with Trump and Epstein. They are very close friends. D- does that not? come up at all in this conversation and did you guys try to broach that subject to be like i'm with you pedophile i mean everyone agrees pedophilia is horrible absolutely must be stopped uh the pedophile rings it's called foster care in the foster care system we have so many systemic issues in this country but did they have any sense of irony that they're supporting a man who literally called jeffrey epstein one of his closest friends no because bill clinton bill clinton but why but bill clinton but what but about what about Donald, and, yeah? But what about Donald Trump being at Bill Clinton's wedding? Did did that does that, I don't do they do they believe that he was a spy that he was in there to try to like well, get evidence one about Q, one of the QAnon supporters? <laughs> yeah, I know. But one of the QAnon supporters we talked to was um, 
he he said that Donald Trump was actually working with Rick Scott in Florida to bust Jeffrey Epstein. Remember that in the interview? Yes. Yeah. The, I mean, the I guy remember was Rick talking Scott. about uh, how Trump actually was working undercover to 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 get Jeffrey Epstein arrested. So I think that may, I don't know if that was in a Q drop. I haven't been. I don't follow it. Like but then Acosta is the person that Donald Trump put into his into his administration. That know, was the one who made the sweetheart deal with Epstein. I know. It, These are facts. I think, These are I facts. think we're speaking to like the blinders that people are willing to put on, which right. this might be the starkest one, but it's across the board with Trump. I think you have to like, I mean, evangelicals and all the things that, you know, people purport to believe and then align themselves with Trump. It's just none of it goes together. And then mm-hmm. for some yeah. reason they decided and they don't change. As soon as Donald Trump stopped fornicating outside of marriage, abortions dropped 10% in this country. That's how many abortions he was financing. Um, all right. Well, that's Donald Trump and QAnon. But let's talk about your experience with the Democratic primary, with the candidates. You guys did very similar things that you did to the RNC in 2016. I, uh, the jab, please clap. You guys are responsible for the please clap. Is that correct? We know. We uh, the day before, please clap. Or maybe it was the same day, but it was in Iowa and then he went to New Hampshire. We pretended we were seat fillers at his events and asked to be paid in the middle of it. And then That's he right. was very defeated. And then the next day, literally, he asked everyone to please clap. And then oh. he dropped. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how we feel about it, too. Oh, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> like what I would, you know, I would love to have a Jeb Bush right now, to be honest. It's like I would I would like anybody who is not, you know, who could form a sentence, right. I guess. So let's talk. Um, let's just start. I saw in your uh, in the preview, you have a clip with Andrew Yang, Yang Gang. He's been on this show before. Andrew's a super sweet guy. What was that experience like speaking with Andrew Yang? I believe the premise that I saw in the preview anyway was that you needed some money. You were broke after some kind of situation. And you got so cl- you get so physically close to these people who are theoretically a few votes away from being the most powerful human being in the world. You were inches away from Andrew Yang. Can you talk a little bit about that town hall and that experience? Sure. Well, at that point in the movie, see, our, Derek and Dale, our dream is to go to Fox News to become huge. It's just like, you know, work at Fox News. Like, like, yeah, like of course, that's how I met. was there. I was working uh, <laughs> at Fox News the day that you guys came in and were kicked out. And I was like, I know them. They're oh, that's right. Mine. You texted me. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> you were being uh, escorted out by security. Yes. And you were, guys, what were you, you guys were mourning the death of Bill O'Reilly or the, yes. the fire in a Bill O'Reilly <laughs> yeah. or something. We made a shrine for him and then took our pants down and <laughs> say um simpler times i guess it um, was but our our character's goal is to 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 get jobs at fox news and then we're rejected when we head to new york so we decide <laughs> after i find the art of the deal in a trash can in new york we this is a message from god himself from donald trump we need to make a demo tape using art of the deal as our blueprint and we're going to make the perfect demo tape for fox news and we're going to deliver it back to them and at one point in the story, we need to get more money to revamp our van studio. Okay. So it's, it's, we're in a desperate situation. So we, Dale DeVram's character tells me there's this guy named Andrew Yang who wants to give out a thousand bucks a month. And we like <laughs> laugh at it like a typical, typical. Well, we look around our van, a thousand bucks could go pretty far. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's our next stop. 
So we go, we go to the, the, the event and I, you know, just go up to Andrew Yang while he's speaking. Okay. Hold on a second. What do you mean? You just go up to Andrew Yang. I don't like, that's how, that is what's so nuts to me. Like there's no one was like, Hey, don't, uh, don't touch the Yang or like no one was there. No security, nothing. Well, I don't want to get anyone, make anyone unsafe in any situation. Uh, we, we have ways to do it in is the short answer, but uh, yeah, we were just able, I was just able to walk up and then Devram walks up right after. <laughs> so there, there, you don't see the second part of that stunt, which you, you can see in the movie. Um, but then, yeah, I just asked him for an advance on the universal basic income, which is actually pretty reasonable. If yeah. you think about it, but he seemed not open to that possibility. And then I asked him for the money in his wallet and he wouldn't give me that either. So it was, uh, it was kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. We found a way to revamp the van. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, what was one of the so as you're going to these town halls, uh, you're creating a storyline around the town halls and motivating and a character motivation to go to these uh, events. Yes. Well, a lot of times we'll do it like we'll have a character motivation and an idea of what we want to do, and then, uh, but you can't control the situation. It's not right. like you get to retake it or if somebody recognizes you, you have to leave or whatever. So like, for instance, in the Joe Biden event, we like yes. based what our story, where our story went on how he responded to us in that, in that moment. Um, so we kind of have to be fluid in that respect. And in that, of course, I'm only saying what was in the preview, not giving anything away here. You talk about how you're uh, divorced and your wife won't, uh, she hates you and you want her back. And it seems like Joe had a pretty snippy response, a pretty good response. <laughs> what, when it comes to, obviously now you're experiencing all of these rallies, all of these different events, who, or let's just ask, I'm going to ask about Joe first and then kind of expand it. What did you think about Joe Biden's stump speech? Did, did you think he was connecting with the audience uh, when you saw him there? I really liked Joe Biden. And when, when we saw him, I had seen him in the debates and I was worried you know, about him as a candidate, just right. like losing his train of thought and all that. Um, but when we saw him, he, I thought he was great. And it, like, he, there was a moment where he was like, what the hell's happening with me? He zinged you. And, he zinged uh, me pretty good. I have to say, we were both had been kicked out about five minutes into his speech. Um, but it was a good five minutes. No, it was 15. It was 15. <laughs> okay. But the, the, the funniest part about that for me was I was sitting next to this nice lady from Iowa. And I talked yeah. to her for about two hours. And then I got up and asked this question and she just didn't want to be my friend anymore. And I really liked it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh, and so that, that happens a lot, actually. I make a lot of friends and then I, I, I lose them pretty fast. Yeah, well, I understand. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got to go, guys. Um, I'm, I'm out of here. So as you were going around these campaigns, what were some of the campaigns that stood out for you? Who did you like meeting the most? Uh, and uh, did you have a chance to, to go to Bernie's campaign, Elizabeth Warren? Did you did you kind of hit them all? Kamala and the whole the whole gang? We missed Harris um, because we didn't go till January. Um, okay. And she was out, I think, at the end of the summer, well, 2019. I mean, it seems to me that there was a bit of a deal between establishment Dems and the oh, really? Biden campaign and Warren. There's a reason that Warren stayed in and Harris dropped out. 
I don't, yeah, I, I don't, see. I don't want to get like, I don't, I, maybe that's very conspiratorial. I don't know. <laughs> Just seemed like there was some uh, boats being split. Drop. It's a bend drop. It's it is a bit of a bee drop. It's a bit of a bee drop. Yeah. So don't, so take that with a lump of salt there. I don't know. It just seemed to kind of work out that way, perhaps. No, that it definitely seemed like that, especially with Warren, with Bernie yeah. at the end, like her staying in through Massachusetts and like all of these states where it was just, a, it was just a little, it, there was some a little, a little strange. Odd yeah. We did go to a Bernie event. Um, did you feel the 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 excitement for Bernie was the same as it was in 2016? Or was that also a little bit like, I don't know, they want to hear the hits, and when the hits are done, they're kind of out of it? Well, I guess I'm trying to think about this. How many of those were we actually in? We were outside two of them. And they then, seemed huge. The enthusiasm seemed real. They, yeah. they rivaled Trump, I thought, as, yeah. as far as like, and it, of course it's like younger people, and, and and older people, to be yeah. honest, but a lot of a lot of younger people and people in their twenties, and it was, I, I thought he had a lot of momentum, and it, it would have been interesting to to see what happened. He like Trump would have called him a socialist, and he's calling Biden a socialist. So what's the yeah. difference? I don't know. Yeah. Any candidate stick out in your mind as someone who you were surprised about? Someone that you were like, wow, this is actually a, a breath of fresh air, because you know, with the Dems. I was talking about this on Fox News. It was cool to see, in many ways, such a diversity, such a large spectrum of the Democratic Party, you know, from someone like a Bernie Sanders to an Elizabeth Warren to a Pete Buttigieg. I know that you have some Pete Buttigieg footage as well. Um, and uh, and then, of course, you had someone like Andrew Yang, you know, Biden and the whole lot. Uh, did you um, did you how was that experience going through that sort of like gauntlet of different political views all theoretically sort of on the left side of the aisle. Uh, I kind of wish that it was, there was like a Frankenstein that was made of all of the candidates because I, I never, I I thought there were a lot of like good candidates, but there wasn't a great candidate. Um, But the ones that we saw that I kind of was impressed by in the room, one was Pete Buttigieg. I just thought he was like a good speaker and like he was an active listener and like he was looking at everyone in the eye and like, like, would hear the nuance of the question and blah, blah, blah. What was your angle? What was your angle with Buttigieg? Uh, Devram, I'll let you handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, at that point in the story, we're going undercover with Democrats. um, And I'm trying to convince him that I uh, am not a Democrat, nor am I a a Republican, but I'm an extreme moderate. (laughs) Uh, And that that was, that was our angle with Buttigieg because he kind of was trying to pull people in. Uh, from everywhere and, and find a uh, common ground. Uh, but he, to, to Jason's point, I think he was great. Um, I think he was really, really, really good. Uh, and we went to a bunch of candidates on the same day in Iowa. So we really got to see them in, in sharp relief, like five in the same day or something. Cause Buttigieg seemed like he was present. Yes. And that was sort of the biggest deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, the other candidate that I was really impressed with was with his response to us was Tom Steyer, um, billionaire Tom Steyer. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And at, at this point in the story, um, when we go to his rally, we decide like he's got a billion dollars. We could get some money from him. So we, DeVram's character, Dale, his dad made a lot of money jumping in front of cars and tractors and like suing the people like, <laughs> So we were like, well, if we could convince him that we're, you know, that that he hit DeBron with a car and that I'm a lawyer, it could that we could make a lot of money from him. Yeah. So DeBron, 
if Rob interrupts his event with his shirt off, like his shirt unbuttoned and disheveled, and he's like, Tom Steyer hit me with his car in the parking lot. <laughs> Tom Steyer's like, what? No, no, I didn't. And he's genuinely concerned, like, no, no, this isn't true. And then as Devon's <laughs> being let out, I stand up and I'm like, has this ever happened to you? You might be entitled to a large cash sum. And I turn his event into a lawyer commercial. So, so he believes I'm a lawyer. Um, and end up asking him for a million dollars. He doesn't give it to me, though. It was what? Crazy. Yeah. Come on. He's got a billion but bucks. At the end of the day, he was a really good sport about it. Yeah. I think after we ended up getting, uh, you know, led to the door, he was like, that was a stunt. We've got to appreciate it. He's like, we need to appreciate how fun that was. Because that think about how fun that was. <laughs> yeah. What was the most violent security you had to deal with? When did you, did you ever get walloped in the face or the back of the head? Okay. All of that said, I got, I got, the guy tried to punch me at the Tom Steyer event. <laughs> <laughs> and that includes, that includes everything in the whole movie. That was probably, although at the Trump, at the Trump rally at the, at the end of our movie, uh, between a couple of supporters and security, it was, it was pretty rough, but I would say definitely up until then, this guy takes a, takes a little swing at Jason. So yeah. And I, the, the handle Tom Steyer is leading me out. And then they're trying to get me out and the guy tries to punch me and then they, we have to break that up. And then the handler and I look at each other like that guy's crazy. Even though I just was like a wall cake lawyer in, his, in the middle of a, uh, Man, I gotta, I gotta ask, cause I see your performances like bringing, like, again, bringing art into the real world like this balls of fricking steel. Is there, how do you, do you just like, once the scene starts, you just got to go with it. How do you motivate yourself to go in, go to these rallies, take your shirt off and start screaming that Tom Steyer hit you with a car. Like I have the same question for, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, all like even Johnny Knoxville in that, uh, in that movie where it was like, he was like that old person, maybe with bad grandpa or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But um, how the hell do you even like have the freaking balls to do that? And what kind of like, I don't, like literally what just for maybe someone listening that wants to sort of do this style of comedy or entertainment, like oh, what, no. how, what mental state <laughs> do you get in before you go and potentially get your freaking ass kicked? Well, we do a lot of talking before and to making sure we have the right thing and we're doing it. We're do, we have the funny thing to do and we're doing it safely and like have a, a plan A, B and C just in case things are different when we get in there, then we think they're going to be, but it is a lot of just like, okay, we got to do it. And a lot of just like, I can't think right now. I just gotta, you just gotta do it. And I think it starts with an idea that we think is funny. And then we go to the event and then you're at the event and then you're like, well, we didn't come here not to do it. So I guess it's like <laughs> one step leads to the next. And every, all of this stuff takes a long time. You're waiting in line. You're, you're trying to figure out exactly how, uh, to get away with whatever we're, we're about to do. And it, it feels like you just get more and more pot committed. And by the end, you're just going to do it. You sound like a suicide bomber. <laughs> I know. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> I, I I had a moment. This is like a flashback to when we were doing the the, the Joe Biden, like interrupting Joe Biden. And I like yeah. made eye contact with him and looked him in the eye and was just like, do I, I, do I want to do this right now? This is Joe. This is the former vice president. And right. like, he's like listening to me. Like, should I do this? And then I just did it and it was fine. And he zinged me, but it, it was like a, a moment of like, my soul was pierced a little bit by Joe Biden. So Joe, yeah. if you're a listener, 
thanks for piercing my soul there. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on this show. And before, before I let you go, cause I know you guys really want to get away from me and I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. Um, where can people find the supporters movie? And I know we have to plug your Patreon. And uh, so please. Yeah, we, we have a Patreon, The Good Liars, and uh, anyone that, that signs up, no matter what your donation is, um, you get the movie for free and awesome. you get it before everybody else. So early this week, we're literally putting the finishing touches on it tonight. Woo! So early this week, you will have access to the movie no matter what you, no matter how small the donation. And uh, for everyone else, you can go to the supportersmovie.com and it'll direct you to where you need to go. The supportersmovie.com. Check that out. The supportersmovie.com. We'll put that in uh, the description of this episode. And again, the Patreon, the name of the group, the duo that is Davram and Jason is called The Good Liars. So check them out on Patreon and support them. And uh, they're just really doing incredible stuff. So the supportersmovie.com, check it out. That'll be out again, October 27th, this Tuesday, one week before the election. I don't think there's anyone listening that's undecided, uh, but I think this will just be fun and uh, hopefully informative, and I cannot wait to see it. I was actually, when we scheduled the interview, I was looking all over the place for it, and I was like, I can't find it. And then I found out it was uh, it was not released yet, so I'm not an idiot. I got it. I, you know, I figured it out. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. That's the name <laughs> of the not. show. I'm not an idiot. Uh, Davram and Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, yeah, anyway. It's good to see you. It's great to see you, Ben, as always. Thanks for having us. This is great. All right. There it was, our interview with Jason and Devram. I'm definitely going to check this feature film out, and uh, it's cool. It's nice to have such talented friends, isn't it? I, I agree. Travis, I, th- I could see you doing that. I could see you going undercover. Maybe that's what you've been doing this whole time. Uh, I do feel a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Going undercover with- I a... think you could be an undercover Trumper, although you, they might they might sniff you out pretty quick. You think I'm an undercover? Oh, that I could do undercover. You could go Trump. undercover, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I would employ my. Who would you like? What would be the organization that you would like to go undercover with? Which, uh, but of course, if you say it, you can't do it. Dippers for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, dippers. I'm assuming that's chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco. Dippers Ooh, for Trump. I saw someone chewing the other day, spitting it all out. I was like, man, that reminds me. That brings me back to Wisco. Um, all <laughs> right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Able and Stop At. We hope you're doing all right out there. And uh, my God, we have one more episode before the election. Woo, what a ride it's been. It has been a ride. So we will, uh, the next episode, we'll break down. Uh, some predictions, some polls, and uh, just, well, see what happens. We're getting there, folks. It's been a long, long ride, uh, but the journey is about to come to an end, but it'll just lead to a new beginning, won't it? I don't know. I think everything's going to end like the last episode of Sopranos. I think on- uh, Ooh, in a deli. <laughs> oh, in a diner. In a diner. And, well, and I mean, I, in my we, opinion, they just had a great finished, they just finished the meal and it was great. Well, and that's what- that's what the episode shows. It, yeah. it goes just goes straight to black. I think on November 4th, our universe is just going to go cut straight, straight to black. To black. <laughs> <laughs> that is possible. I think we might be a dream inside of a child's mind who's like... Oh, or like a snow globe, like the movie Dallas in the TV show. Hospital bed. Uh, could be, could be. All right, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Whoa, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo.